Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast, episode 23, another victory edition of the podcast. Fortnite has moved to 8 and 6. Uh, kind of a early Christmas gift, but they come right back to it on Thursday night. Football to face Tennessee Titans. Me and Leo are back to review the 49ers 31 to 13 drubbing of the Falcons. Felt like the game was never in doubt. Leo, what is going on, buddy? How is the baby? How is dad life? What are you at? Three weeks? Three weeks into this? Yeah, yeah. So, um, he's good. He's a great baby. Except right now he's crying because he's hungry. Uh, but I know wifey's getting on that while we sit here and talk. Uh, so <laughs> shout out, shout out to her. Most importantly, uh, yeah, it was a you know it was a drumming. I I thought to myself, how is this is this Falcons team just one game behind the 49ers? Like that that's what I was thinking throughout this. They're game. terrible. How are they one team uh, or one game behind the 49ers? They're awful. It's just completely. Uh, a terrible showing for the Atlanta Falcons, and and I just think that's who they are. Um, when you look at their victories, they don't have any victories that necessarily just stand out to you. They beat the Panthers twice. They beat the Jaguars. Um, and, and a lot of these games that they won are just one-score games anyways, a one-possession game. So uh, 49ers did their thing. They blew out a team they were supposed to blow out, and, you know, that that's great in my mind since – we're holding the 49ers to uh, a top-notch NFC team contender pedestal. So uh, they did what they were supposed to do, and and that's very, very positive as we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah, at points in this game, the Niners made this look pretty easy, right? Outside of their stupid special teams turnover, which happened again. Um, at this point, it's a problem, and I'm pointing my fingers at Kyle on this one at that at this point. This is not nitpicking, but now you're just kind of allowing these type of things to happen when it comes to high tower and the special team unit from punt uh lack of punt returns, lack of coverage, and then of course the fumbles on kickoff returns. You know, teams are looking at this kickoff unit and saying, Yeah, let's just kick it to them. They might just give it back up. They might cough it up. So hopefully the Niners figure out a remedy for that. They do have a short week. They are going to be headed to Tennessee. The Niners moved to three and four at home, eight and six in the season, and then it's weird. They're five and two on the road, so this might line up right for the 49ers. They are going to head, headed to Tennessee. This Falcons game's Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, efficient, effective, decisive would be three words I'd use for him. Eighteen of twenty-three, two thirty-five, one touchdown, no sacks. I don't think he was he was hardly hit. I think he might have took two hits in this game. Um, 49ers run game. Effective, dominant, 21 carries for Jeff Wilson Jr., 110 yards. And then, of course, your Debo, you know, weekly touchdown at this point. It seems like six carries for 29 yards and a touchdown for the 49ers. This offense, without Elijah Mitchell, is still clicking. It's still moving the ball. It's still effective in the run game with the, you know, with the addition of Debo Samuel back there. Jeff Wilson looks to have gotten much better since his return from his, I want to say it was a meniscus tear. Yeah, meniscus tear surgery. Do we have, I guess, I, I guess the thing here is how much, how much more is left in this offensive tank, right? Because Matt Mayo had some really interesting comments about Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, and this offense, and the, the guys kept saying that there's still more, more room to grow here. We are in week 15. Generally, you are who you are at this point, but is there more to, more to this? Because what I saw on Sunday from Jimmy especially was his decisiveness, his ball placement was much better. 
or was that just a product of playing a really bad Atlanta Falcons team? Because as we saw, he had one he had one big pass over twenty, and then I want to say you, we were at six or seven passes about fifteen yards or further. So I, I felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was taking a lot more, a lot more downfield shots. And I, you know, when I say downfield, that's fifteen yards. But either way, they would have some big gains behind them. Yeah, I think it's okay to say that it's a mixture of both uh, when looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, just looking at this game, I was thinking Alex Smith, Alex Smith, Alex Smith. And, and you know, that's a compliment for Jimmy. Yes, Alex Smith does have the whole game manager title, um, but it's a compliment because when you look at games managers, Alex Smith did that at a Pro Bowl level. Like He legit went into the Pro Bowl as a game manager. Um, so it it's a compliment for Jimmy Garoppolo to say that looked like Alex Smith out there um, because Alex Smith limits turnovers, puts balls in great placement, and let his, his surrounding cast do what they do. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo did on Sunday. And I think it's okay to say it's a mixture of both because the Falcons, they still have good defenders out there. Like Deion Jones could have been a problem in the middle of the field. For Jimmy Garoppolo, but he didn't. He didn't let that happen. AJ Terrell, a Falcons outside corner, second year guy, is having an outstanding year, an outstanding year. Yet Jimmy Garoppolo didn't put the ball in a place where AJ Terrell can take advantage. Um, instead, AJ Terrell gave up more passing yards in this single game than he did in the three weeks combined prior to this game. So I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo played a really good amount of football. Part of it is, of course, the Atlanta Falcons um, defense and, and basically what they gave Jimmy Garoppolo out there. But it's okay to say it's both. Because even though that he was playing a, a limited Atlanta Falcons secondary, there there was opportunities that we could have seen a a bad Jimmy or a oh Jimmy you know type pass where it's straight to a defender. But that didn't happen this game. And that's what you love to see um, from a Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why they essentially paid him to be the franchise guy initially is you want to see those type of plays out of him. And like you said, a lot of it has to do with the offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo had a clean pocket for most of this game. And and hell, even Tom Compton, oh my according God. to PFF, didn't even <laughs> give up a pressure. Like Tom freaking Compton didn't give up a pressure. So um, outstanding, outstanding work by those guys. And, you know... Uh, Trent Williams out there. Daniel Brunskill had a huge bounce back game because week 14 against the Bengals, he 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 did not look like he belonged on the field um, to go out there the week after and, and not give up a single pressure. That's that's a huge progression for Daniel Brunskill. It, it's he's having to go out there and block a guy like Grady Jarrett, who's made the Pro Bowl multiple times. Um, so outstanding work by the offense in total and like like I said, it's it's okay to say it's a mixture of both. It, it's not a slight. It's you know Jimmy Garoppolo had a hell of a game, hell of a game. There you know, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball straight into a linebacker's lap before, and it didn't happen this game. So Jimmy Garoppolo was, was on his p's and q's, and he looked sharp, man. He looked good. I'm not gonna go on the whole maybe he should be here in 2022 um, tangent, but. For, for as of now, it looks like the way he played, this team could be a serious contender in January. Yeah, I mean, I still have my questions about this team when it comes to the playoffs, but just a couple numbers to recap the game. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, um, over the last eight weeks, he has the most games with ninety a 90-plus QB rating uh, with eight. That is three more than Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, and Ben Roethlisberger, and then nine guys are tied at four. Now, that's not the end-all, really be-all. I'm not, I'm not saying he's better than those guys, but that's what yeah. the numbers are showing. I, I, I think, personally, this is my opinion, someone could completely disagree at me and throw tomatoes at my face. <laughs> but quarterback passer rating is is designed by scheme. Yep. It's, you know, are you throwing to guys wide open? You could throw a freaking bubble screen, and then your passer rating is at, at a 150. Um you could throw screens all day and you're at a passer rating 150 slants all day. So it's uh, to me, a, a quarterback passer rating is a little, a little irrelevant um, to the position in, in nowadays football in nowadays football, because when you talk about quarterback passer rating, the average being over a hundred, then it's like, okay, how, how, how relevant is it at this point anymore? That's fair. Now I'm not, it's not, I was just, just sharing a number. I don't, I don't agree with it either, I but. Know. I know, and, and you know, if a guy's still having a whole over a hundred passer rating, I I'll still give them their flowers. I don't mean to like, yeah, say oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not this type of. No, I'll still give you your flowers because that means you're limiting turnovers. That that's basically all passer rating is, is if you're not turning over the ball, you should be over a hundred. Um, so the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo's you know basically number one in the all the NFL is tells me when. He's not turning over the ball at a high frequency of games. He may have three turnovers in one game, but he lets it be in that one game. It's yeah. not leaking over to a multiple set of games like we've seen happen with Jimmy Garoppolo in the past where he'll throw an interception for like four games in a row. Yeah, That's not happening this season. I think the most he got to was there was a point where he had three games in a row with just one. Yeah, he, He's not this high rate of interception as he's been before. And I think that's why you're seeing this these him leading the league in passer rating, essentially, that, as far as like being over 90 in, in all these games. Yeah, no, that's fair. A um, couple things, reason part of why Jimmy's rating is so high. The 49ers allowed two quarterback pressures all game. Uh, in comparison, the Falcons allowed 33 QB pressures. Uh, we'll get to the defense here in a minute. Uh, Tom Compton, who is someone who's taken a lot of heat uh, for myself and others, as a run blocker, he is currently ranked number one in run blocking corner PFF with a 97.7 grade. Trent Williams is right behind him with a 95.9 according to PFF. So you have two really good tackles in the run game. Now, when it comes to pass protection, that Tom Compton number comes down quite a bit. So that is where my concern is with the 49ers going into the playoffs is their right side of the offensive line. If, if you have to get into a shootout of some sort, can he hold up against a better pass rusher? Because we know the Falcons don't have any pass rushers. They, it just, it, it, Jimmy had all day to throw, which is great. Cool. Keep him clean. Worst in the NFL in terms of pass rushing grade by PFF. And they also had the least amount of sacks coming into this game. And that showed. <laughs> they cannot create pressure. No. It showed. Yeah, they had no, they had no shot. It was... It was pretty embarrassing at points in the game. The Niners started to grind them out quite a bit. Sticking with the offense, uh, Matt Mayoko was on KMBR um, this evening, or earlier this evening, talking about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and, and the Jimmy Garoppolo relationship. I thought it was pretty telling. I just want to put it in here and see where we can get some thoughts on this because Kyle and Jimmy have kind of adjusted this season. 
and you can kind of see, I'm not going to say like there's a complete trust in each other, but the last few weeks there's been an improvement in Jimmy Grapple's game with some of these passes down the field with some of these shots, the shot plays that he might be taking. So I'm going to go with Matt Mayogo here and uh, his, his thoughts on, on KMBR today. I think with, with Shanahan and Garoppolo, Shanahan has been frustrated with Jimmy over the past few years. And of course the ability for him to even stay on the field has been a source of frustration, but I think Shanahan finally kind of came to the feeling like, okay, I'm not going to change him. We don't have enough time to change him. He's not going to be here probably beyond this season. So let me kind of tailor this offense more to what he does rather than him trying to change and do what I want to do. And I think it's worked for both sides. I think you've gotten the best out of Garoppolo, and I think you've gotten the best out of out of Kyle Shanahan too. So right now the 49 offense is clicking, and as several guys said after the game, yes, you know they're playing the best football they had this year, but George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, and others all said that there's still a lot of room to grow, and I think that's why there's a lot of optimism around this team right now. Niners have three games left. They go to Tennessee, home with the Texans, and then travel to L.A. to finish off the season. They have done a very nice job over the last seven games. They're 5-2. and two. They've completely turned their season around with some adjustments in the run game, with some adjustments in the pass game. Kyle, which is, you know, from what a lot of fans view him as a very stubborn head coach, stubborn offensive play caller, he has made these adjustments, asking Jimmy to play out of shotgun. We talked about that a couple weeks ago where Jimmy's much more out of shotgun. Quite a bit less play action. Getting a little more creative in the run game. Tailoring this offense to, I shouldn't say keep it simple, but simplifying it to an extent for Jimmy Garoppolo to operate efficiently, effectively, and decisively the last couple weeks. Now, am I saying Jimmy Garoppolo's some top 10 quarterback? No, absolutely not. What I'm saying to you is, when given the when given some level of trust right in this offense, he can manage it and and I think he did a lot better than manage it on Sunday with some of these pass attempts that he took. Um, I think the offense kind of was going through him on Sunday more. He was making the right checks, checking in the better run plays. Um, and then, of course, he was, you know, 18 of 23. I think there was three drops. So that puts him at 21. That would have put him at 21 of 23. And I think there was just two bad balls that he threw. He was he, he was nearly flawless on Sunday. Do you make anything of Kyle's adjustments and how this team has operated since since the Rams game or since the the Arizona loss? The only thing I could think of is why wasn't this done sooner? Yeah. <laughs> like why What did took it so long, Kyle? This? Yeah, like why did it take so long to say, "You know what? I'm going to let Jimmy be Jimmy and I'm going to uh do my play calling that fits Jimmy's play style the best and and let him be the quarterback that that fits him the best. Like, why did it take till now? Why did it take, you know, so far? You know, this is based off of, obviously, Matt, Matt Mayoko's comments. Um, it, it, so it's not written in stone, but when you hear Mayoko say something, it, it might be written in stone because, you know, his close connection with the team. Uh, but it's just, why wasn't it done sooner? Because... This this team obviously since then is it's six and eight, um or excuse me one six out of their last eight. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really really good football, um he he's playing the type of football that questions 
are the 49ers potentially getting a first round pick in return? Uh, no. That's the type of football. Okay. <laughs> uh, we can we can easily say no. <laughs> but if Matt Rule is with his job on the line in Carolina, is there a potential option to where they may give give up a first for 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 like a future first for Jimmy Garoppolo, not necessarily this coming draft because, you know, there's no way you give up that type of first for Jimmy Garoppolo of what top 10 pick essentially so maybe a future one it doesn't have to be in the 2022 draft since the 49ers are missing their 2023 pick anyways um so maybe it's a 2023 one depending on the the performance of jimmy does he play 13 games does he does you know does he play at a uh, complete a certain amount of passes does he complete a certain amount of passing yards touchdowns whatever it may be uh they could throw that into the the trade discussions um but it's with his play since the Arizona game it's is there a first round pick out there that can be had uh from like I said Carolina like they've had dog awful quarterbacks they could potentially be a, a wild card team if it wasn't for the quarterback play um you got potentially Houston even though Davis Mills is looking a lot better than I talked about him pre-draft yeah um you you have multiple teams out there uh, that could be looking for just a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback. Uh, look look what the Colts are doing, and Carson Wentz is no is not even playing to the level Jimmy Garoppolo is. Uh, although I don't expect the Colts to entertain Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm just saying like look what they're doing with the quarterback that's playing at a lesser rate than Jimmy Garoppolo. Imagine what the Steelers could do next year with Jimmy Garoppolo. Are they willing to give up a 2023 first round pick? We'll see. Um, you know, uh, the, there's things that can be moved, but I, it's 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 great to see Shanahan finally making this adjustment because now we could potentially see things moving forward through these next three games. Something that we did not expect out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Something we didn't expect <clears throat> out of Kyle Shanahan, out of the 49ers. Um, because that's why everyone's excited. There's a lot of room to grow. And with Kyle Shanahan catering his way to Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, there's more that they could evolve from there. He's more seasoned than when Kyle did that in 2017. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting a better version of 2017. Uh, but obviously in a still a run first minded offense, 2017 was just more like Jimmy air it out. No, it's still a run first team, but we're catering to to what Jimmy was kind of like in twenty in uh twenty seventeen. Yeah, we've seen about we've seen three I I mean not I shouldn't say three, but yeah, I'll say three. We've we've seen three versions of Jimmy Garoppolo thus far in the season. Week one through four, Kyle's trying to figure out how to use Jimmy and Lance, right? Yeah. Week five through there. seven, Kyle's trying to figure out what to do since he can't really bench Jimmy because Trey's not all the way there. And then yeah. week eight through fifteen, Kyle said, "You know what? Screw this. We're gonna game plan according to Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths." And it's kind of it's worked in their favor. So going back to what we discussed in the off season, how we both agreed the two QB system really wasn't gonna work. We're fifteen weeks in, and we haven't even seen that two QB system attempted since week four, right? And even then, it wasn't really a two QB system. It was, "Hey Trey, can you run it in from the five yard line for us, real quick?" Um, so Kyle's involved and Kyle's making adjustments. He knows, I shouldn't say he knows, but I think 
I think the team and the franchise are very aware that, hey, this is it with Jimmy. We're going to run this thing next year with, with Trey. Might as well play to his strengths, see what we can do to add additional value to Garoppolo in the trade market. I don't foresee any type of first-round pick ever for Jimmy Garoppolo being acquired, but it is nice to think about and talk about. The Niners did win this game. I don't want to talk about trading Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but he's playing really good football, and he deserves the credit he's getting for it. Um, we were critical of him early on in the season, and we are giving him his praise right now. PFF, according to PFF, weeks one through seven, Jimmy Garoppolo was 56.8. He was tied for 28th, week eight through 15, 86.5. He's currently first in PFF's rankings. Um, so that's pretty impressive jump. A lot of that is due to the talent around him, scheme, and then, of course, him delivering the mail, as uh, Tim Ryan would say when it comes to him passing the ball. The defense in this game came to play. Defensively, they had 33 pressures. 33 pressures. That's an insane amount of pressures on a quarterback. Nick Bosa led the way, nine. Arden Key with five. Eric Armstead had five. Samson Ebukum had himself a day. Four, Charles Manihu, two, Contavious Street, two, Kevin Givens, two, DJ Jones, two, and Jordan Willis, one, equaling 33 total pressures. This 49ers defense, outside of maybe two games, they have been a top 10 unit in many, many categories. D'Amico Rines has had himself a hell of a year. Uh, I wanted to get to some comments about with Fred Warner after the game, and then we'll get into the discussion about the 49ers defense. Get to Fred. What has been the message week in and week out that continuously keeps you going and, and, and keeps everybody, keeps the mindset focused on all we need to do is just win for the week? You see, you see it, uh, Coach Ryans, as our defensive coordinator. It doesn't matter who's in the game. Uh, you know, next man up mentality, like you said, we've had a lot of guys go down this year, and the standard doesn't change. It doesn't matter who's in the game. It's that swarm mentality that we're going to get all 11 to the rock, and we're trying to dominate on every single snap. Uh, you know, and so I, I just, I love the group of guys that I'm playing with right now. We, like I said, our chemistry is growing stronger and stronger each week, and we plan for one another. So that's, that's why we play so much harder. Uh, and it shows up on tape and on the field. This 49ers defense is swarming to the ball. They're creating turnovers and generating turnovers. Outside of their cornerback situation, this team has been solid. Linebacker play, Aziz missed this week, but Fred got back to all-pro Fred. Um, Ibukum played a hell of a game. Bosa, obviously. Eric Armstead had some huge stops. Jaquaski Tart, Jimmy Ward, the safety play has been outstanding. D'Amico Ryan is doing his best to hide his deficiencies, and that's that corner, and he's done a pretty good job at it. Now, Atlanta doesn't have the best pass catchers, but the Bengals had Jamar Chase and, outside, and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Outside of those two touchdowns to Chase, the Niners did pretty well against the Bengals in coverage. And then this week, you know, the Falcons started attacking um, Ambry Thomas, and we saw that, right? He was in position quite a bit, but he has an issue with tracking the ball, getting his hands on the ball. I don't want to kill the kid as far as, you know, his development or anything like that, but maybe maybe he should not be on the field. But if we, you know, you and I have been calling for rookies to be on the field, so these are the kind of rookie growing pains you kind of have to deal with. But it is encouraging to see him be in the right spots. Defensively, the 49ers can hang with anybody. Emmanuel Mosley should be back by the playoffs, so that's going to help them no matter who they get in the first round. 
Um, I don't know what else to say about this defense. The, the, the Falcons ran five plays at the goal line for zero points. Five plays at the goal line for zero points. Ultimately, the 49ers win this game regardless of what happens that first possession with Atlanta. But if Atlanta goes in there and gets a touchdown and starts this game off 7-0, um, you're putting your team behind the eight ball. You're having to work a whole lot harder for this victory. Um, you have guys stretching out to make more plays, um, you know, just a, a little more pressing to where at the end of this game, you feel more fatigued than usual uh, because you had to press so much for this win. And yet the defensive stand there, uh, tart with the fourth down stop uh, on Kyle Pitts, who's highly well regarded in this league. And he's he's a potential 1000 yard candidate as a rookie tight end. It's never happened in this league. So um, hell of a play by number three on that one. And and this defensive line was huge. When you look at who's getting those pressures, the top of the guys there is Nick Bosa, Arden Key, who's who's flashing week by week now, who should have had two sacks, but we don't need to get into that roughing the passing call. Um, Eric Armstead had five as well, pressures in this one. Um, and then you look in Samson Ebicon got another sack. So this guy's starting to turn the corner around in the 49ers scheme and, and learning the, under D'Amico Ryans in his first year as a 49er, rather than being a Ram with a different defense there. Um, so I, I like what I'm seeing from this defense. I know earlier I stated that they were, they kind of needed to be in a relationship. They needed to have that other half in order to, to succeed, but lately, they've been saying, Leo, you're wrong. We are completely okay being single. We're not on ice cream bucket watch. Um, you, we're not, we're okay. Uh, we could be independent. We don't need someone to file us as a dependent on our tax on their tax returns. Um, so they're doing a hell of a job there. And yes, obviously the elephant in the room is the corner position, potentially seen an upgrade. Um, with that, but it's, hey, what, what other options are you going to say besides the rookies? Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore out there. It's, um, Ambry Thomas, he's been practicing well, and yeah, he got beat by Jamar Chase, and then he also got beat here in this game against the Atlanta Falcons, and yeah, it, it looks like he's struggling when he sees the ball in the air, tracking down the ball. He got mossed in the end zone, got mossed again. Uh, by Russell Gage, which wasn't a touchdown, and then got mossed again by Kyle Pitts. Um, so th this guy is, you know, yeah, he's struggling to find the ball when it's in flight. Um, maybe once he learns that or, or gets more comfortable. And that's something that's not guaranteed. A player is not guaranteed to get comfortable tracking down a football in the air. Um, but if, if he can overcome that thing, great. Um, do I think it happens over these next three games? Probably not. Do I think he's probably starting moving forward? Probably not. We'll likely see Dante Johnson back in the starting lineup, or at least that's what I expect is Dante Johnson back in the starting lineup because ultimately Diamador Lenore has gave it up it, it, quite a few receptions after week two. He, he started off really good, but ever since he's been as an outside corner, He's giving up a ton of receptions. I think it, the last seven targets against him, he, they were all seven completed, and, and two of them were touchdowns. And then we're seeing what we're seeing from Ambry Thomas. 
So, you know, just addition by subtraction, it's probably Dante Johnson out there since he's been in the system for so long, and you don't want to ruin that rookie confidence as a cornerback. Uh, a cornerback, is, you need a lot of confidence to play that in the NFL because you're going to get beat a lot of the times. But if you get beat more than you have victories, it, it can mess with the player's mental. And so we'll likely see Dante Johnson out there. I'm not against the idea of entertaining a Brashad Breland. But uh, that depends on what his locker room situation is, because obviously you don't want to bring in any bad seeds. Uh, and that's what it sounded like potentially in Minnesota. Yeah, I think we, we just watching the tape, it's a, it's a confidence thing with Ambry. Um, but that's going to come. He's going to need the reps. And I would, I'm probably going to say he starts against the Titans um, because we heard today that Emmanuel Mosley's probably not back until after the Rams game. So. I would probably bet good money that Ambry finishes the season as a starter. Now, the Texans game and this Titans game might be a good time to get some confidence, right? You're playing. Tannehill's not playing very well. A.J. Brown, we'll see if he plays, but Julio's not playing most likely. And as far as wide receivers go in Tennessee, it's not a um, it's not a bunch of world beaters. Now, in ten, with the Texans, they got Brandon Cooks, well, and outside of that, Nico Collins, but that's about it. Real quick, would anyone gauge gauge would anyone gauge Russell Gage as a world beater? No, but he did. But Russell Gage has been a pretty effective wide receiver all year for the Falcons. Yeah, yeah he's he's been okay. He's been okay. He's been he's been about average. But man, seeing him jump over Ambry twice, I did not know he had that get up in him. I always saw him as a as a small smaller short yardage guy, or at least. That's what I've seen from him out of Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean, Russell Gage for the season, 50 receptions, 555 yards, three touchdowns on the year. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, He's, he's not okay. terrible. No. It's on, you know, he's on par with what his career looks like for the most part. Either way, I, I would probably bet that Thomas is going to start. But we'll see with Dante Johnson. You know, you don't want to rush. I don't, I, don't first, I don't think they're going to rush him back anyways. You know, his mother just passed away. So that's part mm -hmm. of it. Um. We talked about this player last week. We're going to talk about this player again. Jaquaski Tart. Jaquaski Tart. You know, because I feel like he's not getting enough love because they just don't know how to say his name. So I'm just helping everybody out. Jaquaski Tart. He's playing at a high level right now. If you don't know that voice, that's Richard Sherman in 2019 talking about Jaquaski Tart. Tart, is had, Tart has had himself a very, very, very good year. We talked about last week why is Hufanga coming on the field to replace Tartan, it just didn't make sense to us for that to happen. Now, unfortunately, Hufanga got hurt um, on Sunday, and we saw Tart pretty much play the entire game, and Tart made two fourth, two goal line stops, right? He had the pass breakup against uh, Pitts, and then on the third down, he absolutely obliterates Matt Ryan. Um, Coverage-wise, outstanding in position at all at all points. He's severely underrated at this point in his career, partially because of an injury history, partially probably because people can't pronounce his name. Um, but this is someone that, you know, this is, we're getting to the end of the year, but this is someone that I hope they bring back. And if they don't bring him back, I do hope they upgrade the safety position. But Tart and Ward are one of the most underrated safety tandems in the league. And I would argue with anyone that this is a top five safety tandem in the NFL. 
Yeah, that's fair. When you're looking at tandems, you know, Batman and Robins. Yeah, um, I think you could see there them in that top five debate for, for sure. Um, like you said, this this defense is just better when Tart's on the field. I, I've been preaching. If you want to bring Hufunga in for development, that's fine. Put him in the box. But don't intentionally take Tart off the field. Um, and I saw that at one point in time. They took Tart off for like a third and eight. Next thing you know, a pass completion, third down conversion to Hufunga in coverage, um, playing deep safety. So it's just like, leave Tart out there. He's playing at a high level right now. Um, and he's he looks like he's getting better and better every week. Week one, the guy looked completely rusty. He looked rusty. Um, but ever since he's came back from his injury that where he landed on IR this season, he's playing at such a high level. Let's keep him out on the field. And um, I said this earlier that I, I wouldn't look at this defense and say one guy dominated. I think it's been a collective group. Look at what Nick Bosa did. Look at the game Arden Key had. Look at the, the game DJ Jones, Eric Armstead. Oh, Fred Warner had a hell of a game. Jimmy Ward had a hell of a game. And then Kwaski Tart had a hell of a game. It was a complete group effort from this defense. Um, because the game Nick Bosa had, if, if Kwaski doesn't make that play on fourth and goal to start the game, then Nick Bosa, you know, is basically irrelevant on that play. And Kwaski could have gave up a touchdown. But it took a, a legit collective group. Um, that's why it's football. Uh, there, there's no LeBron James out there that could lead a group of average players to the NBA Finals. Um, this is the NFL. You need all 11, and I think, and I think probably nine, for the most part, are balling on each play. And, and the other two, you could obviously figure out that's probably the the cornerback position. But running, <laughs> but running a cover two, um, that's where you could have your safeties, Jimmy Ward and Kwaski Tart, helping out your two corners. And we've been seeing a lot more cover to these past two weeks. And, and hey, it's working. This team's playing great, great team football. Yeah, great team football has been the uh, recipe for success. You know, you, you, you brought it up. Just team effort. You know, the, the fourth and one where Jimmy Ward makes a tackle for loss on Cordell Patterson. And that, that play doesn't happen if Nick Bosa doesn't spin out of his block and eat up two guys and Jimmy Ward comes free, right? You have... Fred Warner, you know, playing his gaps correctly. You know, no big gains in the run game. The Falcons were held to, they, I think they had one of their worst rushing performances of the season at one point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, they did. I have Cordero Patterson fantasy, and he did nothing <laughs> on the ground. Didn't he? I don't, the I don't long, think he averaged two yards to carry. The longest run was eight yards by Matt Ryan. And yeah. The, the Falcons, 23 carries, 62 yards for 2.7 a clip. That's atrocious. Niners' run defense stepped up in a big way. Even the pass defense did his damn thing. Outside of the, outside of the touchdown to Ambry Thomas or to Russell Gage on Ambry Thomas, pass coverage was pretty darn good. Everything was pretty much short. Average distance for um, Matt Ryan was 7.4 yards. Took three sacks for 23 yards. And he, just, he just looked abysmal. Unfortunately for Matt, this is how the back end of his career is going to finish because – the Falcons look like they are, they have no plan for succession um, or just even to help Matt Ryan go out, you know, with at least a playoff run in his career to end his career. But I, I think that's where this defense, we've been seeing them play a lot better. 
they haven't had a 90-yard rusher since week nine. Uh, I'm not saying 100 yards. I'm just saying 90 yards yeah. since week nine. And that was the James Conner game, Colt McCoy game. So yeah. since week nine, they haven't had a 90-yard rusher against them. And that's you have guys like Dalvin Cook you're playing against. Um, in between there, Cordero Patterson having a career year. Uh, he He's in that mix. Joe Mixon, who's a pro bowler, in that mix. And they're not giving up 90 yards a game to those guys. And um, besides that, when you look at a 100-yard rusher in a game, yes, Justin Fields got it, but that's a quarterback. That's a little different. You can't judge that the same. But it would be Jonathan Taylor on that third, on that Sunday night game against the Colts, who's maybe the MVP of the season. So this t- this this team is is flooding the run gates. It's looking way better defensively since week one because the Lions were eating them up in that wide nine, but they've been doing less of that, less of that, and less of that. And I think that's why you're seeing the high rate in stopping the run. Like haven't allowed a ninety yard rusher since week nine. They're they're playing phenomenal in in the run defense. Yeah, Leo, I can't, I can't agree with you anymore, man. Defense is playing lights out. Defense has played very, very good outside of the cornerback position, which hopefully they will upgrade this offseason. And hopefully Emmanuel Mosley is back in time for the playoffs because that is going to be a big boost. Now, the Niners have done this, what they did this week, without Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Alshair, and Emmanuel Mosley. So reinforcements are coming. Um, another big reason for the Niners' success, over 50% on third down. We've talked about this several times. Once they're, when they're over 50% on third down, they're going to be successful. Six for 11 on third down conversions. George Kittle, another monster game. Six for seven for 93 yards. He is well on on his way to 1,000. I don't know if I, I don't know if you remember, but I called that. So he's at 850 on the season with six touchdowns. Only 150 yards to go to get to that 1,000, and I think he will get there. 49ers do travel to Tennessee for a Thursday night matchup against the Titans. This is it's not a must win. The Niners have created some space in the wild card race, but the Vikings did win the tonight um, against the Bears. So you do want to get this one, get yourself three games over five hundred, and give yourself some more breathing room, create a little bit more room for margin of error going forward. Um, short week, it's tough to travel on a short week, especially two time zones for the Four Niners. We should we shall see how they come out of this game. Uh, Niners are currently favored by three and a half. So this is going to be interesting, an early Christmas gift, hopefully for a lot of 49ers fans, that they get this win. Um, Niners, in my opinion, they're going to go out. They're going to win out. I think they're going to finish 11-6. and six. We will see how this goes. Um, but as always, make sure you check out everything at Niners Nation Podcast Network. Um, make Shout out to Rob, all the guys at Niners Nation. Everyone out there, have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you after Christmas. Um, and we'll talk about hopefully another Niner win. The Niners are going to get themselves an extended bye week. Not a bye week, but they're going to get themselves a little mini, mini bye because of the Thursday game. So hopefully they can come out of this game with a win against the Titans. And we'll be back after that. Um, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the holiday. Peace.